You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis in the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks Porter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Men. Frank is out on the road, road tripping with the fam, as all of you heard on yesterday's podcast, as he makes his way up to Milwaukee. And he makes his way up to Milwaukee to watch Bucks Pelicans on Wednesday and also to be here in Milwaukee for the live podcast that we are going to do on Thursday night at Broken Bad Brewing at 7 p.m. with all of you. No charge. Come on in. Have a beer. Have some fun. Uh, listen to us do a live recording of Lockdown Bucks. We've yet to figure out how we're actually going to record it, but we are going to. Uh, we're we're going to have some fun. Uh, so hopefully all of you can join us and you know have a good time with us uh, as we record Lockdown Bucks. Someone that will be joining us will be Alex Lazary, uh, the Bucks Senior Vice President, will be joining us for the podcast. We'll uh, talk with him a little bit, and then you know we'll probably ask all of you to have a question or two you know that we might throw out to you guys to ask alex and uh in the end we shall have a good time we'll have some beers and it should be great so we are all really looking forward to it uh should end up being a good time head over to broken bat brewing company again that's going to be in the third ward it's on buffalo street uh in the basement so make sure that you're on the lookout and knowing that you're gonna go down the stairs and we'll hang out and fill up the basement and drink some beers and have a good time so that is the lockdown bucks live podcast coming your way on thursday just a few days away so that should end up being a whole lot of fun now to tonight's game. Uh, Bucks end up winning, I think a little bit closer than they would have wanted, 107-104 over the Detroit Pistons. And really, I mean, it kind of comes down to a second quarter where the Bucks outscored the Pistons 30 to 16. They got their their kind of margin for error there. The the Pistons eventually came back, took a lead in the fourth quarter, uh, but the Bucks were able to close it out down the stretch. And you know. I thought it was kind of an interesting game for a really a lot of reasons. Um, and, you know, I, I know that we struggle on the podcast always talking about Giannis and Chris and, you know, not always getting to that and instead focus on the smaller details. But tonight feels like a night where I got to focus on the small details because DJ Wilson played 26 minutes, nine points, three rebounds, three assists, then a block. Uh, he was a plus two on the night, four of five from the field, one for one from the three-point line. Sterling Brown, he played 26 minutes. Hi, Frank. I won that bet. Uh, 26 minutes for him, nine points, three rebounds, three assists, three steals, and both those guys, this is crazy to say, but both those guys spent a majority of their minutes on Blake Griffin. 
And Blake Griffin didn't have a great night. He did have a triple-double, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. So that was good. Um, He also had 10 turnovers. And he was also 4 of 13 from the field. Uh, Just not a good night for him overall. And the crazy thing to say is DJ Wilson defended him well in the first half. And, you know, Sterling Brown defended him well in the second half. Like, that's those are the things that I'm saying. And, again, Sterling Brown maybe not as crazy. But still, Sterling Brown defending a four, I think, is is a little bit on the crazy side. And then, I mean, I think DJ Wilson being uh, the Bucks' first sub, and part of that was because Giannis picked up two early fouls, uh, the second foul coming on a charge, but that forced DJ Wilson into action, and he was totally solid. The team went on a run uh, when he entered the game. On the night, he ends up being a plus two, so obviously some of that evaporated over time as well. But he was, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's really any other way to say it. He was incredibly solid tonight. Uh, he he was very active. I thought a little bit in the first half, at times a little bit too active. Uh, uh, I know we've talked about with Pat Connaughton where Pat Connaughton's just trying to run around and he's so and Thonmaker so friggin' excited where he's trying to jump around and it makes some plays and make something happen. I thought we saw moments of that with DJ Wilson, but uh, you know, I thought throughout that first half, really solid defense on Blake Griffin. And you know, when when we talked to him after the game, the the thing he said when I had just kind of mentioned, you know, you you get Blake Griffin, like, you know, what are you trying to do in those moments? What are uh, what are you thinking about? What are you trying to, you know, kind of force him or uh, force him to do or, you know, trying to get him to do? And he said, well, I mean, he, he made it seem pretty simple. But he said, you know, don't let him score. That's pretty much it. And then just play team defense from there. And he had mentioned the fact that, you know, he expected Griffin to go at him repeatedly in the first half because, you know, that's that's something you expect as a new face in the league. And, you know, when you have an all-star caliber player seeing themselves get guarded by one of those guys, like, they're going to go at him. And he expected that the the whole first half, and, and I thought he held up really well. Uh, Blake Griffin had five turnovers in the first half, five turnovers in the second half. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit last night about – how after the first Pistons game, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, uh, how does this Pistons team score? Like, if if they are supposed to score outside of Blake Griffin creating stuff, like, how do they do it? And, you know, I think we saw a lot of that tonight that, you know, there's just such a heavy playmaking load on Blake Griffin because of the limitations of kind of the rest of uh, their guards, their smalls. There's just not a lot there. So Blake Griffin has to kind of create everything. And, you know, the Bucks really made him pay for it. And, you know, talking with Giannis, talking with Chris, the, the big thing they said was, you know, we made sure he saw bodies that whenever he touched the ball, if he thought about driving, he was going to see he was going to see someone. And, you know, I just thought they did a really nice job kind of committing to that and, and making sure that is exactly what Blake Griffin saw. And, you know, they made it really tough on him. And uh, I just can't really, I can't express just how surprised I was with how well DJ Wilson played. And, you know, I mean, maybe this is shame on me for not believing everyone because, you know, anyone that would talk to you uh, from the Bucks organization would talk about how good DJ looked and, uh, you know, before his injury, they, they were really excited about how he was, 
he's going to get going and he, he was really going to take a step this year. And, you know, one game doesn't prove any of that. Um, but, you know, I had a number of you ask for the high-pitched, is DJ Wilson an MAM player? Uh, all of you asked for that tonight. And, you know, as I think through it, I, I don't feel confident that he is. But, you know, this is the first time where, you know, we've really seen a performance for DJ Wilson where it's like, that would play. That would work. And, um, you know, when you, when you think about some of the G League performances that he's had and, you know, all of those things, people will bring that up to me and say, oh, you know, well, he's, he's a good three-point shooter or he does this or he does that. And it's just like, I don't really care what a, a guy does in the G League if the thing he's doing is taking 20-plus shots and, you know, kind of being a volume scorer because I want to see what this guy can do as a role player. And, you know, tonight was kind of the first night where I saw DJ Wilson play and said, yeah, you know, that could kind of work. Like, if he is going to be, uh, you know, able to stay in front of a guy like Blake Griffin, if he's able to take, uh, you know, a shoulder in the chest from Blake Griffin and, you know, keep working, like, that that can actually play. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised to see, uh, you know, this kind of go that far, but you know, Zach Lowe tweets thing to file away really solid minutes tonight from Sterling Brown parentheses, 36% from deep on the season and DJ Wilson. If those two emerge as rotation guys, Milwaukee's future looks different. It's worth monitoring. And you know, that is, that is someone I think just about everyone respects Zach Lowe. Uh, you know, I think sees the game really well and obviously it is really on top of stuff. So uh, for him to say that, I was a little bit surprised because I don't think I'm quite there yet. And like, uh, and again, I don't know what filing it away means. Obviously, filing away could mean you know just note it and that it exists, and uh, this is something to think about, or it could mean you know something more than that. But for me, it was just like. Okay, this was this was uh, Sterling Brown. It's not necessarily surprising. I think Sterling's had a really good two weeks, um, and I can talk about him a little bit more here in a second. But you know, I think he's had a really nice two weeks here. But with DJ Wilson, this is the first time that we've seen that. And you know, if he can put together uh, an, another performance or two, uh, this should this should be you know like something positive and something to file away and something to think about but you know he does have to do that first so uh we'll have to keep an eye on that uh the reason that he played was Ursani Leosova has a nose contusion uh it occurred in practice uh we haven't heard anything more than that obviously we've I think we've already seen Ursan in the mask I can't remember exactly which year it was but it, it was while he's with the bus he, with the bucks excuse me he did have the face mask on uh to protect the nose so we'll see if if he has to wear that again but you know if he is out for a little extended period you know maybe this is dj wilson's chance Uh, and we've seen a number of these guys kind of take advantage of of those chances and you know kind of do some stuff with it so we'll see if dj wilson can do that i think it's going to be you know really interesting to watch other guy for tonight sterling brown obviously uh hashtag sterling stands here on the lockdown bucks podcast uh i think all of us i think our our thoughts on sterling brown are pretty well known um but you know 
he he did some he did some stuff again tonight and you know he he does that from time to time and you know we've seen him have some some moments defensively and i thought uh Tonight was another one of those moments as he had a lot of time on Blake Griffin. We haven't really seen him play uh, up to bigs, really, at all. Uh, We've seen him play down to point guards a little bit. And, you know, after the game, I had uh, talked to Sterling about, you know, kind of that exact idea. Because if you remember last year, in his first couple of appearances, he he went up against Chris Paul. He went up against John Wall. uh, He talked some junk in both of them. And, uh, you know, I think he picked up like five fouls and I don't even know what it was, 10 minutes in one of those games or against Chris Paul. And it might even be it might even been less than that. But it was five fouls quickly. And, you know, we we kind of started calling him Sterling MF or Brown uh, because like the dude just isn't really afraid of anything and doesn't back down. And, uh, you know, is still going to talk that junk, even though he is going against all-star talent. And, you know, I kind of brought that up to him that, Hey, last year you went up against these guys. Like now has that experience in any way kind of shaped the way, you know, that you, you think about this year, the the way that you're going to attack a guy like Blake Griffin, does any of that go through your mind? And, you know, he said, you can't go out there and be afraid of those guys because they got big names. And they are great players, no question about that. I just got to go out there and stay solid, play my game, be confident in my abilities, and trust my team that they're going to help me out. And, you know, I think we saw a lot of that. And uh, we've always kind of said here on this podcast, like the, the, last, the last question for Sterling is like, can he defend without being handsy, without picking up a lot of fouls? Can he find a way to do so cleanly? And, you know, I thought that was the major win for him tonight, that he does play 26 minutes. He does spend a lot of his time on Blake Griffin in the second half, and he still only picks up three fouls. Like that, that is, that is a win in many ways for him. And, um, the defense is obviously great in there, but to me, it's been the offense where he really has been impressive as of late. Uh, because if he gets a corner three, he knocks it down. Uh, as Zach Lowe noted, 36% on three, uh, noticeably higher than Pat Connaughton, noticeably higher than Dante DiVincenzo. And again, we're talking about small sample size with all those guys, but you know, those were. That's big. Like, if if you're gonna be a part of this team, you really do need to knock it down, and guys need to trust you. And I just thought, man, like he had he had some big buckets too. It wasn't just it wasn't just the fact that he he found a way to make an impact offensively by you know hitting a couple corner threes when when the team was down or up five or something like that, like. He hit them in the biggest moments of this game. Uh, the the Pistons take an 89-86 lead on a Stanley Johnson three with three minutes left. And then you look at the next couple of buckets for the Bucks, and it was a DJ Wilson alley-oop layup from Eric Bledsoe. It looked like he kind of got caught. Bledsoe and him didn't have you know great chemistry, which, I mean, isn't surprising. They don't play together a lot. And DJ Wilson finishes that. But then... Uh, the Bucks had a couple chances. Giannis had missed a couple shots and had gone back and forth a little bit. And then, you know, Sterling gets a, a look in the right corner. He pump fakes. Then he takes a, a little bit of a drive and Euro steps and turns it into, you know, like in kind of like an eight foot floater. And he hits it. And it's a huge shot that puts them up ninety to eighty-two or ninety to eighty-nine, excuse me. And then on the other end, 
they they again exchange possessions for a little bit. Stanley Johnson misses a jumper, and then it's another sequence where all of a sudden Sterling Brown wide open in the left hand corner, and he cans a three. And uh, you know the Bucks at that point go up ninety three ninety one, and it, it was the two shots that you know both put the it put them up at 9089 after they had relinquished the lead then they relinqu- relinquished the lead again and he hits the next shot that puts them up 9391 and the bucks end up holding on to that lead the rest of the game um but you know the, those are huge shots the just big shots that you know young guys don't always step into with confidence and aren't always willing to shoot and you know, he hit him, and I, I just thought he was huge tonight. Uh, nine points for Sterling on the night, three rebounds, three assists, three steals, uh, plus seven. And, you know, it it was just a – I think this is very much at some point probably going to be remembered as the DJ Wilson game or the DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown game because those two guys came up so big. But, you know, with some injuries to ro- some rotation guys, uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon out another game uh, tonight with the hamstring. So, you know, Apparently, his injury's a little bit more uh, serious than anyone had thought. But Mike Boonholzer did say in the pregame that they're being aggressively cautious uh, with Malcolm. So I, I thought that was an interesting term, not one that I've heard before. But he was being aggressively uh, cautious there, and you know they wanted to make sure that he's going to be totally okay. So, you know, with some of those rotation guys out, you need other guys to step up and 26 minutes out of Sterling Brown, 26 minutes out of DJ Wilson. To me, that is, that is those two guys stepping up and, uh, you know, just huge performances that are going to swing a game. And we talk about all the time, how much all of these games are going to mean at the end of the year is the bucks are, are vying for position in the top of the Eastern conference and vying for that number one overall seed. And it's just like all these wins are going to matter. Pulling out uh, a three point win on a random Monday night in Detroit matters a lot. (laughs) It's not a game that, you know, I think people are really going to remember, but it is one that matters. You close out this road trip with two wins uh, and, you know, you're able to, you're able to make something happen before you go home for a game against the Pelicans and then three more on the road. So in the aggregate, if in this seven game stretch with six on the road, you end up going two and one in the first three, you end up going two and one in the second three and you win your one home game. All of a sudden you've put together a really solid stretch of basketball. And again, that's asking for uh, this team to, to keep winning games and it's expecting a lot out of them. But I think they're at a point where, it's reasonable to expect a lot out of them. So we'll see what they can do there. Um, other things I, I was thinking about tonight. Giannis just gets a garbage whistle. There's just no two ways about it. And this is this is Giannis-specific, but also not Giannis-specific. Um, I, I despise how much little guys are able to get away with against big guys. And you can... You can think of that as a six foot two person covering a six foot eight person. You can think of that as a six five person covering a seven footer. You can think of that as Muggsy Bogues covering George Mirasan. You can think about it however you want. But when little guys have big guys, they're just able to do whatever they want. They can use two hands, which is, again, if we're talking about freedom of motion and how things are supposed to be called, it's illegal. It's flat out illegal. You put the two hands on, it's a foul. 
Because there's no way you are not impeding the movement of someone. That You 100% are impeding the freedom of motion, the freedom of movement of another player. And, you know, this Pistons team regularly puts Stanley Johnson on Giannis. And what does Stanley Johnson do? He puts two hands on Giannis. And it's just something that isn't called. And I, I thought throughout the game we saw we saw his frustration. And we saw Giannis really getting upset about not getting calls, about not going to the free throw line. Uh, he goes there just twice tonight. Uh, he scores 32 points, 15 of 21 from the field, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, so he has a big night, but he does have those six turnovers, and three of them come on charges. And, you know, it's just a spot where I think both of the charges that they gave to Blake Griffin probably weren't charges. Uh, Dwayne Casey had talked about uh, in shoot-around in pregame that, you know, he wanted his guys to step in front, be willing to take a charge. And, you know, I thought Blake Griffin was trying to do it the entire night. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time he was still moving when he was trying to do it. And, you know, again, credit to him for... Uh, I guess being willing to take the brunt of a hit from Yasuda Kumbo, but you know, it did feel like a lot of the times he was out of position and that was his last ditch effort in stopping Giannis was falling over. And, uh, you know, I, I dabbled in the dark arts of, of, uh, flopping and charging when I, when I was in high school, when I was in college, I, I I think I got pretty good at, uh, you know, baiting guys into running me over. But, you know, I can see, like, how ugly it is and, you know, how it shouldn't be rewarded with with fouls when you just simply can't guard someone else. And, you know, a lot of the times I think that's how it can be used, especially against Giannis, because people just don't have answers. So they they start hitting the deck when when he touches them, and uh, they – probably get the foul more often than they should. So I think it's it's going to be really interesting. Like I've said a number of times, if if you watch this team and you see that when Giannis in the post, you see those two hands, I mean, like it, to me, it's just a foul. It is a foul, and um, big dudes don't get calls. And Giannis is, is, I think, a lot of the time this year, really struggling with that, that you know, even when he is feeling good, he, and getting a good switch and getting a chance to post up, he's not feeling comfortable with being able to really put a guy, a small guy under the rim. He he puts big guys under the rim all the time, but small guys, he feels, in my mind, a little bit less confident in that. So um, I think just something to watch, but obviously he had a huge game, 32 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. He has three huge buckets late in that game. Um, one gorgeous set drawn up by Mike Boonholzer where – at the same time as Giannis is cutting down the lane, Brooke Lopez is going out to the three-point line. They just straight up kind of shook the Pistons' defense to its core as they were trying to figure out who should switch where, what they should do. Giannis comes down the lane for a dunk. Sterling Brown had a drive where uh, he ends up missing, gets his own offensive rebound, pirouettes on the baseline, and finds Giannis uh, open underneath for a dunk. And then there was another just, I mean, it was a dime from Bledsoe on the break threads the needle, finds Giannis on the run. Uh, Blake Griffin's sleeping a little bit, letting Giannis get in front of him, and then Bledsoe threads the needle. He gets a lay-in and one. And, you know, he got himself into a spot where, you know, that's just uh, just really solid stuff. Uh, and the fact that in a late-game situation when your team needs buckets, Giannis is able to get three looks at the rim. Two dunks, one layup. 
uh, and he gets fouled on one of them. Like it, it was just, a, in my mind, just huge that he was able uh, to get that. And there's obviously no doubt about the impact he has each and every night. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that the Bucks opted to keep him off of Griffin largely. Like he did spend some time on Griffin, but uh, I thought him and Brooke Lopez were just on the backside affecting everything. That if you got by any of the Bucks defenders tonight, you were going to see Giannis or you're going to see Brooke Lopez. And, you know, we don't see Brooke Lopez put up big block numbers, but, you know, five's a, a really nice night and a really solid job uh, by Brooke Lopez. And I'd, if I'm being honest, it felt like he had even more than five blocks. So he has a huge night. And I thought Giannis was great on the backside as well. And, uh, you know, I thought they put together a really good defensive plan to just show Blake Griffin bodies and then let Giannis and Brooke kind of clean it up on the backside. So uh, good stuff there. Other notes, couple more before the end of the night. Eric Bledsoe fools the official into giving him three uh, free throws. He shoots it with his left hand on a pump fake. He misses all three free throws. Uh, I was going to say the ghost of Rasheed Wallace screamed ball don't lie from the rafters, but that would suggest Rasheed Wallace is dead. Um, I don't know what I would be, but... Yeah, that the spirit of Rashid Wallace was alive and well in Detroit tonight as Bledsoe uh, missed all three of those. And, you know, just a, a really tough spot. He's missed some clutch free throws at different times throughout the year. So uh, I don't know if it's something to monitor, but it is something uh, to be, you know, kind of frustrated by as a Bucks fan because he, he's had some chances to kind of lock down some games and hasn't been able to do so. Uh, other kind of role guys that, you know, had great nights – Tony Snell, um, you know, I I tweeted about it during the game, but last year I, I would always talk about, you know, the, the Tony Snell did what update of the night. And, you know, it kind of became a, a bit as it was becoming more and more common to see him do things that weren't just shooting threes. And it was like, oh, wow, he, he had a really nice drive or he had a pump fake or he had a spin move or he had a dunk attempt or whatever it may be. And I got to say, like, the appeal of the bit is gone a little bit this year because, you know, I think he's just over the offseason and now during the season, he really embraced what Mike Budenholzer said. Uh, You know, Bud talks about dribble, pass, shoot. You got to be able to do all three. And, you know, all of his work off the dribble, I think, has really improved this year. He doesn't try to do too much, uh, but he has a number of really nice drives. He had one in transition night where he's a little bit of a Euro uh, with a right-hand finger roll on the left side of the rim that snuck it in underneath the defense. And it was just like, that's a really nice play by Tony Snell. There was another one late in the game where uh, he had a chance to, or the goal was, uh, or at least it looked like, was to throw Giannis a lob and uh the Detroit defense was just not going to let him throw that lob, so he took what they gave him, took a little finger roll, and uh, you know kept him moving. So he has 12 points tonight, six rebounds, assists, a steal, a block, two of four from three, and you know just a really solid night from Tony Snell as he stepped into the starting lineup with Malcolm Brogdon out, and uh, he's been solid all year, and he continues to be solid. So uh, really good stuff there. Chris Middleton, uh, three of six from the three-point line on the night. I'm sure this is where everyone will point out that he hit his first two, which means he went 104 in the end. But I think just I don't know if it's it's all the way broken out. I don't know if it's all of a sudden he's going to become a human flamethrower again uh, from the three-point line. But 22 points, six assists, two rebounds, a steal, uh, just one turnover for Middleton tonight. 
7 of 16 from the field. So not the best shooting night, um, but, you know, a better shooting night than than he's had as of late. And, and you do wonder, I think, if this is starting to – if it's starting to turn. And, again, it's only been one game after six or seven kind of really rough games. So uh, there's still a lot of work to do to, you know, I think – fully turn the tide or I guess you need a larger sample size to, to really turn the tide but you know I thought Chris was good tonight played with confidence uh and, and I think a night where you see nine assists from Bledsoe six assists from Middleton five assists from Giannis uh I would guess you think the Bucks have a great night from three and they only took 25 tonight uh, they didn't hit one in the third quarter. Uh, they hit two in the fourth quarter uh, after not hitting one in the first 15 minutes, I believe, of the second half. So um, really not a, a let-it-fly kind of night from the Bucks, but uh, they still get enough. And, you know, those three guys, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis, get those assist totals up, uh, account for 20 assists between the three of them. And, you know, I, I thought had a really nice night moving the ball and making plays. So, uh, I think kind of everyone throughout the roster contributes except uh, except George Hill. Um, he's struggling a lot right now. He he very much does not look comfortable within Bud's system. Uh, he's he's now played four games for the Bucks. Uh, first time against the Cavs, two points, two rebounds, two assists, a steal. Uh, one of three from the floor in 13 minutes against the Pacers, four points, an assist, a block, a steal in 22 minutes, just two of four from the field. Second game against the Cavs, 24 minutes for him that night. Uh, he scores just two points, one of six from the field, six rebounds, an assist, a steal. And then tonight, plays just 14 minutes. He's 0 of 6 from the field. Uh, he has a point, he has a turnover, uh, a re- two rebounds, an assist, and you know, he just seems out of sorts. Uh, and again, that can be expected as you get traded into uh, a team and a system you don't know that well. But, um, you know, I think he's he's got a lot of work, work to do to get comfortable here in Milwaukee and kind of see uh, what he what he's looking for going forward and what he's going to be able to do going forward. So um, that would be the only thing. I think when, when you look at this uh, kind of a full team win, uh, contributions from across the roster. Maybe not Dante DiVincenzo either. He was 0 for 3, 0 for 2 uh, from 3 on the night. Zero points there. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I thought Don Maker was pretty solid in six minutes. And then uh, Brooke Lopez with the blocks. And, you know, that's everyone on the roster. I thought a team win to pull out a victory against, uh, you know, a Pistons team that's been 500, been above 500. But, you know, they've been in the fray and... You know, you pull out a win on the last game of a of a three-game road trip, and I think ultimately that's a good one. So uh, that is going to be it for us for tonight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm not sure if we'll have Frank because it's a road trip, but I have already reached out to a couple folks uh, to have a guest for tomorrow. Uh, you know, obviously I don't love doing these solo. Um, I always prefer to have someone to keep me from rambling because literally I talk for 30 minutes um, by myself. So it's always better to do it with someone else. So uh, we'll see if we can get someone uh, to come by and, and take care of that. So for Frank, man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.